You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 3 a.m. Podcast. My name is DJ. My name is Troy. My name is Sean. We are best friends. We tell scary stories and uh, funny jokes. Welcome. Welcome oh. back. Uh, artists and music producers do the same thing. So like Drake is huge here, but to go worldwide, Drake had to work with Bad Bunny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And once you do that, the numbers are insanely bigger because Latin America or Latin speakers are way bigger than just the U.S. market. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bad Booney and uh, J Balvin. J Balvin. Smashing it. Yeah. Smashing the worldwide charts. And here, half the people might be like, who? What? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I think the only Americans who smash worldwide charts are like Beyonce, Justin Bieber. Like a few select. Terrorist yeah. Canadian. Dog. I don't think anyone in hip hop. Like they do impressive Drake, numbers. Also Canadian. Drake, I think, does the most numbers. <laughs> Sean's yeah, right. Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, you don't Canadian. claim him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. North North America, I feel like, is just grouped into one. Yeah. But, They're just like know. second rate Americans up yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> um Bad Booney is my favorite but, wrestler. Hilarious. Because no, it it's like one month of Encanto versus what? Seven years of Frozen. Yeah. And for all seven years. Every time I walked into a mall or a Target, every child, you every saw, child for like everything. still, there were yeah. still wearing Elsa costumes for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just weird to see all of that just swept over. The cultural impact of like Frozen felt way more. Yeah. Than like, Encanto. I don't even, I've never even seen the other one. What is it called? Encanto. Encanto. I haven't it's seen actually, it either. It's actually good. I liked it. Huh. Um, but it makes sense to me how it could like, I I'm with you guys. Like the culture impact definitely felt bigger with frozen, at least around here, but it makes sense to me how it would just be blown over by Encanto. So this is how my mind works. How does 3am take advantage of that? We got a collab with, with some central South America. We got to hit a bad bunny. bro. <laughs> a sock. You lost at 3am collab with Pitbull, AKA Mr. Worldwide. Ooh, bro, I had we a dream with Pitbull last night. What the f- Oh, what happened? I forgot about it until you said Pitbull. You just got cracked by Pitbull? <laughs> Doggy style? No, no dog. <laughs> if anything, he's the dog. He spread your cheeks, Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah, by me. Bro. Um, you spoke tongues. <laughs> Did y'all hear about Skittles? Yeah, dude. Wild. DJ, you hear about that shit? No. Apparently, pound for pound... I had heard this on like Reddit or a YouTube or a TikTok, so I'm gonna say it it's as incredible. if it were gospel. Pound for pound, Skittles are like the worst thing you can eat. 
like uh, as far as like what it provides nutrients wise to like what it actually does to your body. <laughs> it's like the worst thing. Yeah. Well, recently um, it's come to light, even though it's been public knowledge that it contains a chemical in there for the coloring that is outlawed in like most countries. Yeah. Like you cannot get Skittles in Europe because they're like, Oh, that shit kills you. It's super bad for you. Yeah. Let me look what it's look it up. What I can't called. remember what it's called either. I was like, Kind of okay with that though, because I don't remember the last time I ate Skittles, and honestly, they're not my favorite either. I don't think I've ever bought Skittles. Same. I just eat it when it's there. When you have the little like mini packs you get at Halloween. <laughs> I don't even really open those up. I feel like honest. Skittles slap, bro. I think Skittles are fine. I don't love them. I don't hate them. Yeah, I'm indifferent. Yeah. Okay, so apparently, exactly. most fruit candy. That's how I feel. I think my problem with licorice is like. It just tastes so like artificial. Oh, but like the weird thing is the Skittles or like licorice are like the most uh, natural flavoring because it's like straight from the plant. Yeah. These are only four ingredients, dog. So, okay. So the Skittles are banned in most places and now getting sued by a guy in California, apparently, because they contain titanium dioxide. Anything that you're eating that has titanium (laughs) dioxide (laughs) in it, red flag. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> bro apparently it's used in a ton of shit and it's just super bad for you it's super chill titanium exposure titanium dioxide exposure can make your eyes irritated it can irritate your nose and throat okay whatever but it can also cause lung cancer <laughs> so, that's it dude <laughs> that's cool. super chill yeah. i remember a Taste commercial <laughs> i remember i remember a skittles commercial with Katy perry whoa and what does she sing? Fireworks. Lung uh, cancer. I am titanium. Does no! she? She doesn't Are sing. Are you being I'm serious titanium? right now? Is that her? No. I am dude. titanium? There's no way. What, what, is, what is that song? Who is that? Come on, you gross man. <laughs> Women are different. <laughs> Who sings that song? I am titanium. Oh, Damn, they Sia. were telling that's us, bro. This song oh, by so David close, Guetta. I was so close on cracking the case on the Skittles. I almost thought you were on something. <laughs> okay, but Skittles did have like the most goaded commercials. Dude, there was one where they fed like a weird singing rabbit Skittles. Do you remember that? Can you pull up like bizarre Skittles commercials? I just remember the one where he's like doing it and just Skittles everywhere. He wanks Skittles? No, he was actually like having sex and somehow there's Skittles involved. I can't remember. Which okay, there's a ton this of. This is a fever dream maybe. So all the all the <laughs> Skittles commercials are kind of fever dreams like Taste the Rainbow. Real quick, Skittles and their campaign or marketing is like the first time I thought, could you imagine pitching this to an executive? Like, <laughs> how would you get this made? And I, I like respect Skittles, not for killing people with titanium dioxide, but for taking a Pushing chance the boundaries. on marketing, dude. <laughs> anyway, Skittles, not good for you. I was just yeah. thinking about uh, like the old, uh, is it the Bud Light commercials? The real men of genius. Today oh, we salute you, Mr. Something. <laughs> Uh, that was like the days where like Super Bowl commercials were kind of cool just because yeah. we didn't really know any better and there wasn't any other way to consume content, you know? Yeah. Like that, those were the first memes. It like preceded. Kind of. Yeah. It preceded. And they memeable too. Yeah. Now everybody know like 2010s like memes are an everyday thing. People source them from different places and they're like not that special and they're only special if like they all memes have subgenres now. So you choose what kind of meme you're into, what kind of it aligns with your humor, 
Whereas back then, we didn't have any of that. Yeah. So what was available, everyone liked. I was going to say, I think it was like the sheer amount of people who were on the same thing at the same time. It just, everyone like, could really. Everyone saw Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> yep. Dude, my all-time favorite one was a Bud Light commercial. Whereas this husband and wife are driving in their car on a rainy day. And they come across this Michael-looking dude with an axe. And he's like trying to hitchhike. <laughs> and she's like, let's not pick him up. He's like, and the husband's like, well. He's got Bud Light. And on the other hand, he's holding a Bud Light. And so they pick him up. And then they keep going. And they see like a Freddy looking dude. What the f***? And, and he has Bud Light too. He has Bud Light too. And the guy in the back is like, but he's got a chainsaw. Dude, it was literally, it made Light. me laugh so hard every time I saw it. I was like, what the? Dude, mixing, drinking, and driving is always the best like way to market your beer. <laughs> it's true, dude. And haunted so scary crack stories. that open, pass it up here. <laughs> uh, Brittany... Uh, said I'm so devastated that Ritz are banned in other countries. They yeah, are that's wild. It's Ritz are the best cracker, dude. Dude, that and Sky Flakes. Yeah, if you had foreigner. club crackers, club crackers oh, are fire, Keebler? dude. Club Keebler? Hit. I think so. Maybe. I don't know the green like box, Keebler dude. Elf. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't club, know. Yeah, club is dope, but Ritz is where it's at. Ritz dude. is like the original it's OG, ultimate flake, <laughs> and butter flavoring. Mm. <laughs> So good, bro. If the Catholic Church gave that out as like communion, I would be Catholic straight yeah. up, dude. Yeah, They're why like, don't they just like Ritz. get good stuff to give out? <laughs> yeah. Like, your, your membership will go way up, dog. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Do you guys want to have a good episode or a bad one? Uh, <laughs> because I thought of something <laughs> that might upset make someone it bad. In here. Okay, let's make it bad. <laughs> I Okay, wait. Go for it, dude. I haven't fully thought this out, but the conclusion I came to today was the iPhone to me, the iPhone. Okay, imagine yourself in 2000. 2000. And say, do you remember like watching a video or looking something up on the internet back then? Okay, you need to talk to DJ on this one because I was poor as and didn't have any out in Arkansas. (laughs) Do you remember like trying to get like a picture, a song in, in 2000? Like, do you remember the time of like MP3 players? Do I remember getting what? Do you remember like trying to like look up a photo or even watch a video online or like MP3 players when you could have more than 10 songs on a device like that time? A little. Yeah. And just how like crazy it was. And then the iPod comes out and it's like, you could have a hundred songs in your pocket. Damn. How wild that is. Okay. What if I, at that time approached you and said, dude, at some point, you're going to have this tiny, smooth device in your pocket where you will have the entirety of the world at your fingertips. Movie, content, video games. You can talk to anyone around the world. Like, you have a homie in the Philippines? Dope. Send a message right now, and they'll respond real time. Like, streaming. Think of everything. I think we're a little bit desensitized to it of how crazy it is, but if you could go back in 2000 and, like, see it with that fresh eyes, mm-hmm. that shit would be more impressive than going to space. Well, it, <laughs> would it not? No, it's see, to that's me. It's true. all one. You would be like, "That's black magic," and I don't believe that's a thing. And it's it was like a, it's right here. It's like, all, we have it. It's all one and the same to me. It's all under the umbrella of technology, my guy. Technology, dude. Uh, dude, I look at airplanes and I'm still like mesmerized because a hundred years ago. Oh yeah, it was like. When you just smoke and bang on a plane? Is that what you're talking about? That's true, dude. (laughs) Dude's just like jumping off, hoping it works, you know, with wings. And now we're like having a literal bus 
like 10,000 feet off the ground. It's like, I'll take ginger ale, please. Yeah, dude. Traveling. No, uh, cars do the same. Sometimes I'm in a car and I have this weird visceral, like, this is incredible what's happening. I'm traveling 90 miles an hour over the, over the, the earth smoothly and it's quiet and I'm listening to a podcast. Like that's future magic shit. But we're just like, we take it for advantage, you know, take it granted. Yeah. Yeah. Granted. That's the right word. It's true. It's yeah. true. I was before, walking before our ancestors would only see aliens coming from the sky. Now we come from yeah. the sky. And we land. Oh, and we yeah, land. Just get shuttled around. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Bro, speaking of planes, there was some kid in Florida like earlier this week that landed a plane with no training because like the pilot started having a medical emergency. I blame video games <laughs> in a positive way. Wait, how in did he posi- do it? Yeah. He probably was just like, I've seen this. So like, <laughs> I don't know how he did it, but someone was filming the plane as it was coming in and like, it didn't look like the smoothest landing, Yeah, but it definitely landed but and didn't nothing die. broke. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, holy shit. <laughs> Dude, confidence will get you either really far or not far really fast. <laughs> but sometimes if you just One like, or the other. you get, you get humbled up real quick. Yeah. Right? If you yeah. just try the other end. <laughs> Fake it till you make it is insanely powerful. Wasn't that fake? I don't know. If it was, then I got got <laughs> by the video. <laughs> it's it's funny. Uh, when we're talking about like tech, it's uh, it's come up faster than we ever expected, let alone like wanted. Uh, because we're still adjusting to like tech is going faster than we are, you know? Yeah. Like AI in itself is thinking and developing faster than an actual human brain. And it's scary. Like we've had to turn it off in some instances. And it's interesting to see how it's affected us socially. And one thing uh, I'm thinking about is like uh, dating, like the trend right now where it's like, she's a 10, but you know, yeah, it's like when none of these things actually really mattered before, maybe they did, but like it's, it's going on to like the, the topic of memes where it's like, it's one tiny quirk, and then we all jump on it and exploit the hell out of it. But it's <laughs> it's it's kind of funny to see. Wait, explain it a little more so I understand. Which part? Uh, like she's Te- a ten, but and then technology. So it's like she's a ten, but she likes to sit next to you at the restaurant. Oh, but how did that relate to technology? I'm sorry. I'm just talking about like Change how the dating like that like- wouldn't have been a thing without tech. Like it's a big trend on social media Uh, and now it influences our social life. And now we think about those kind of things. So it's, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It just is. So like tech has provided a platform for us to think about certain things in different ways that we wouldn't have because we were disconnected from the world. You could apply that to like everything. Cause like tech, tech, uh, like I think one of the best things about tech is like, it's, it's connected everybody. So now it's like, oh, I'm not the only one who thought that. I could only talk to like my close circle of friends and no yeah. one else because tech wasn't available. But now that I can talk to literally everybody, I see that everybody also has thought this. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess like two parts with that. At, at one point, I feel like tech brought us all together. So like we were all kind of consum- consuming pretty similar things. And this is like early, mid 2000s. Uh, so it, it like brought us together where like memes literally or whatever. Like everyone was experiencing the same thing. The joke of the day, you could you could guess most people were on. And then like a segmentation or like a siloing has happened. And now it's like 
everyone everyone has huge communities and stuff and you would never like you never knew yeah you know i'm saying like there's these minecraft kids with eight million people in their community it's like i've never heard of one of them yeah i don't know it's just interesting so like tech has given a vehicle for like community building and in a in a way that legitimately changes culture that's true like the macro space uh allows for like microcosms Whoa. bro that's a lot of big words for uh for a sunday afternoon for me Doc. <laughs> even what, in what the nature of starting a scary stories podcast when we did it three and a half years ago there was not many people out who were doing and scary stories maybe we weren't looking in the right places but we, i don't know we, we were looked, looking we, we looked. were looking we were looking we were yeah. like looking for other people who do there were a ton of true crime dj yeah, and i are true pretty crime. big internet kids so we were like scouring reddit scouring youtube and it's like there were some people but not in the way yeah that it is now and now it's like i'm on f-ing tiktok dude and there's like eight thousand scary story <laughs> podcasts and i'm like gosh damn it <laughs> like i don't know it's it's interesting true and i feel like it's weirdly trending or popular right now it's just like scary stories and conspiracy theories kind of conspiracy theories yeah yeah. like i'm finding more and more like you you could if i said conspiracy theorists what's the person that come to your mind 10 years ago five years ago a pretty specific image would most likely come to your mind but now it's like dude rich white women on tiktok are like way conspiracy you know like the devil laughs not karen's i'm talking just like normal good-looking well-educated people are like yeah the government is you know us and it's like this is great yeah you're right it's a trend it used to be just be like a tinfoil hat crazy guy exactly like it's changing yeah it's neck beard in the basement yeah but anyway (laughs) the archaeology uh woman yes who if you haven't seen, I feel like most of you have. I covered this last night on on stream while I was playing some games. Oh, did you? Uh, just a little bit. Just prefacing it and like there's, it's kind of dead end right now as far as like the information that we have. But a woman here in Utah. I put the videos on Notion if we no, want to watch. A woman here in Utah. So I'm not allowed to say anything right now, but something really big is about to hit out here in Utah. You'll see it in the news soon. I'll tell you more once I'm allowed to, but stay tuned. So she posts this video and her at is Australophytish, I think. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, and everyone's like, okay, what is it? So the very next day she comes out with this video. Hey everyone, there was a huge reaction to my TikTok yesterday where I said that there was a big discovery out in the West Desert of Utah. Here to say it is 100% true and I just want to give you a little bit more update about that. We should know more on Friday. That's when Hill Air Force Base has suggested that they'll be ready to start talking about this. I will report that here as well with a little bit of context. It's a fresh new discovery, so the archaeologists behind it want to make sure that they really know what they're talking about before they come forward. We don't want to get anything wrong, you know? But uh, this was uh, discovered by an archaeologist named Dr. Darren Duke of Far Western Anthropology. Researchers, go and research this. an incredible researcher, one of the leaders in his field um, of Ice Age archaeology, and just a really creative, complex thinker to have even considered what he might be seeing in the sands out there. The last important thing to note about this is the timing. Yes, it's human. So it's between 12,700 years old and 9,200 years old. It puts it towards 
um, either the end of the last ice age or the very beginning of what we call the Holocene, which is the era that we potentially just currently exited out of. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. I'm, I'm really excited. We should be able to tell you about all this rather soon. So it's exciting. And the handle is A-U-S-T-R-A-L-O-P-I-T-H-I-S-H, however you say that. Yeah. So uh, later that day, both the, the uh, video from the previous day and that, that video were taken down, is what happened. And since then, there has been no update from that woman and her account. I think she might have done something but that was wiped and i didn't save that one i saved these two just on a whim no but they since have been taken down well the the small update that she gave what where did the mummy come from see that's what i'm saying i think we missed something because multiple people from utah started being like okay they announced a mummy was found Mm -hmm. and i don't know where that announcement came from i didn't see it so what i'm thinking is maybe they announced something and they took it down or people just assumed from what she said in her second video that it was a mummy that's concerning because everyone's been saying mummy yep it's emotep but uh okay yeah. where's that yeah i'm just like no where's the source well here's the facts something was discovered in the west desert mm-hmm. they were gonna announce it it's on the air base the mm-hmm. hail air base it's run by hill air force base which they is s- up north they said they were gonna release it uh-huh and then everything gets wiped yeah so people are throwing around the word mummy if you have, if anyone listening or watching has links to where they announced if it was a mummy or not, please let us know. Uh, I've talked to someone who knows that area decently well. Mm-hmm. He spends most of his time on Salt Lake City or Salt Lake, the actual Salt Lake. Yeah, and he said, "Man, if there's anything out there, and if it's, it is similar to like the Salt Lake conditions. Yeah, unless it's like stone." Or something cra- like nothing would survive the erosion of salt. I thought it was interesting mm. when I like tried to look up stuff. Is this Darren Duke guy, the guy she's talking about? Like the last thing I could find on him was in 2016, where he discovered artifacts in West Desert, where it was like uh, stones that were used for like spears and stuff like that. Okay, and on carbon dating, backed it to like 9,000 years ago. But any mummy that was discovered was reported by New York Times from 1996 that was 9,000 years old. What? And that came up in like, if I'm doing hot button topics like Dr. Darren Duke or mummy, like that was the article that came up from 1996, 1996 in this area of Utah, in this area of Utah. Well, I typed Utah. I didn't type in this area or West desert Utah, but like, it's weird to me that all of those things kind of like came together in the searches I was doing. Uh Uh-huh. But like, Nothing really saying that anything had been found as of yet. Okay. Why is this an issue? Why is it big? People are making it really big. Some people are saying this is nothing. One narrative is that if this is a real discovery, it changes the current narrative that scientists and academia academia is currently going on as far as like humans existing in North America. Mm -hmm. Now, the term mummy is interesting because if you say mummy, people think Egypt. Yeah. So some people are saying like, holy shit, the Egyptian culture was in Utah 9,000 years ago. It's like, other tribes had mummification processes. Even like natural mummification can take place. So like it could be that. So we don't know that. Well, and there's actually pretty big like culture of mummification in Peru as well. So 
here in the Americas that's already prevalent. Mm-hmm. But like, it's weird to me that the whole narrative was that this changes everything when there was articles in New York Times from 1996. <laughs> it's like, bitch, shouldn't everything be changed then? Everything should have already been changed. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's crazy is this area used to be under sea, especially back oh, then. Oh, yeah. There the was a giant, the Sultan, no. Isn't it the Bonneville, Bonneville Lake? Bonneville, yeah. Bonneville Lake or whatever. Like was this whole massive, area was underwater. Yeah. So if this mummy is from that area, that time, and in that location, it technically should have been underwater. Like, right? Yes. If we're not wrong. So um, ice age period of time. I think maybe even before the ice age is when the lake was here. And that's when things froze up and then started to recede. Interesting. I think what makes this so salacious or why, cause like I just posted these to our story and we got a ton of people interacting with it. Oh yeah. And then I've seen it blown up on TikTok in Utah, but I think it's so salacious because she wiped her videos. Yeah, and the only guy, if you look it up right now, the only guy you can see a video from is the guy you posted from. Tattoo boy? Yeah. Like, no one else on TikTok is reporting it. I saw one other person. I didn't see. I couldn't find any. Yeah. And then no articles are posted. It's literally just those. Okay, why are people so hungry for something big to be happening? Because it's Utah. (laughs) Nothing happens in Utah. I guess. I don't know. Not really. I was just thinking about, like, the monolith. Oh, that's true. How that captured like the mind of everyone? Yeah, like the in Southern Utah. Remember the big uh-huh. metal uh, art structure? installation? Yeah. Or no, the the people who did it like revealed themselves. Did they? Yeah, I didn't hear anything about that. We covered that on here. I think it was like way past like the time though. Yeah, we like talked about it. It's like a group of people. They were like, "Yeah, this is how we did it. We've done it in multiple places. We've documented it all." And where where's the document? Like it's, or was you can, the video I think you can watch or, it on YouTube and stuff. It's like a group of dudes are like, we've done this in Europe. We've done this in Germany. We did it in like, this is how we hiked it in. We set it up. Mm-hmm. They have like a time lapse of them doing it. I obviously don't remember any of that. <laughs> I think it was that wasn't as Kevin's. big as the actual story. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's almost what I'm saying is like, people are so quick and I do this too, where it's like, assume the craziest because it's yeah. way more fun than like, yeah, some art kids like just went out there with a a drill and put up this mirror, <laughs> this three-sided mirror <laughs> aliens. Yeah. So, uh, I talked to someone and they were like, if it's aliens, that would be crazy. I don't would think it's be aliens. crazy. Some, uh, this also ties into the theory of like early documents and people r- records of people coming to the Americas, early explorers, and then going back and reporting. Apparently there is someone who said when they went to the grand Canyon that they saw themselves Sphinx heads and Pharaoh heads carved in the side of Grand Canyon. Yeah. And that theory is blowing up right now. And people are taking everything and trying to like apply that to it. So the water being low and all the lakes, they're like, it's because they're trying to, they're trying to hide the Pharaohs in, in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and now this happens and they're like a mummy in Utah. I told you like the Pharaohs are in the it Grand Canyon m- matches the conspiracy yeah. theory right now. So that's going on right now. If anyone has any like resources or, uh, links or anything let us we know. got a couple people in chat saying really all they can find is the same thing the guy we posted on 3 a.m nothing else really in the middle thank you thanks for the follow in let's the middle go. in the middle podcast what up let's go yeah 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 yeah. uh anyway interesting if anything comes up we'll for sure cover it here i love archaeological or archaeological someone help me out 
archaeological? No, figure it, it out. Discoveries. <laughs> oh. uh, they're so fun. And I love when things change the current narrative. Um, there's people like Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock who are some of the biggest names in archaeology and like geology who are disruptive because the theories that they're posing kind of go against the current belief. Mm, yeah. So like a lot of people believe um, the the Grand Canyon was made over a millennia with water slowly eroding through. And that's called like, I can't remember what the term is, like incremental something, something where they think mountains were just made like that, like slow changes over time. Yeah. And what he put forward is like, I think insanely big events took place really fast and changed the landscape quickly in some places like, like colossal floods or earthquakes and created some of these things. And anyway, it's a big hullabaloo, but it's a fun rabbit hole to go down. And it's like, can't dismiss it either. But it it, it is. It's dismissed. Like, yeah. A lot of people are like, no, this is, what do they call it? I don't know. They call it like false. There's a certain term for it. I can't remember right now, but a lot of people dismiss hmm. it. And the reason why is because like your ego, if you're a professor, if you're a leading expert in Egyptology and then mm -hmm. someone comes along and says like, actually what you've been teaching your entire life and your entire identity is tied to is wrong. <laughs> there might be something inside of you that would like be a little defensive. Yeah. No, like if true. someone questions how cool space is, you know? Cause it is cool. <laughs> Cause it is cool. This is why I'm trying space not to be cool. a leading professor in anything. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, there is some of that happening. And what is unfortunate is like, that's the antithesis of science. Yeah. You should be like open to ideas. And if something proves you wrong, you should be the first one to champion that. True. Instead of being a bitch, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Egypt, mm. get with it. Yeah. Rise up. I, I fully support the armchair expert Else. over, uh, over, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Over, over, uh, Leading. The, uh, now there's wonky shit, dog. Like all this stuff in <laughs> Egypt is like controlled by like an, uh, an appointed people in Egypt and they control like what gets put out and people are like, yo, this is wrong. And they're like, no, nah, out of here. <laughs> it's crazy. Look into it guys. I don't know if I have the brain capacity. It's fun, man. <laughs> Go down the rabbit hole. Anyway, what else is going on in the world? All I had was the mummy shit today. Worth and not worth talking about. Hmm. Bro, I say we get into stories. It's Sunday. Yeah. And I hear we have a, a Sunday school lesson to get to. <laughs> Dope, says Pack Attack. All right, guys, this is a Scary Stories podcast. We tell scary stories. To determine in what order we tell our stories, we roll a 20-sided die. Highest number goes first. Now there are punishments and rewards for rolling a 1, critical failure, or a 20. I know that today's the day. Hit. I know that today's the day. Or there's a special one if we all roll sixes. A six. Okay. I know this is the day that somebody win, uh, gets a 20 or 1. I can't wait till one of you has to eat the ghost pepper because it sucks assholes. <laughs> Three, two, one. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of? Proud of because you put in the work and the other person put in the work as well. Uh, didn't have to be perfect, but uh, effort was made, honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships uh, the good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find. Uh, somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself. And we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. 
So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3 a.m. today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Don't lie, Sean. <laughs> you got a 20? I got a 20, boy. Ah. Where's those smelling salts? Oh, yeah. You got an 18. Nice. I got a two. <sighs> That's close. real close. That's super close, dude. So is the 20 I Sean it. and I do smelling salts? I called it. Yeah, no, what is the 20 again? I you do, do the smelling That's salts. Way, that, oh. that way he is just hyped for his story. Yeah. Yikes. Okay, yeah. so you go first. Yeah. Okay, I have to activate these smelling salts. Yeah. So oh, give like me a, a little second. bit of water real quick. Maybe turn on music. Oh, chat's already on screen. Guys, give me a second. Let me activate this shit. And DJ is about to experience smelling salts. <laughs> Tembo asks, what exactly do smelling salts do? It's like a, it's a stimulant. It like opens up. Yeah. Bottled insanity. Uh, this like, thing is strong. They use it to like wake people who are knocked out. If you want yeah. To yeah. Okay. Here, here's, here's the game plan. I'm going to smell it and I'm just going to get into my story straight away. That work? No one's here. I'm not talking to anybody, but yeah, it works. Everyone left me. Everyone's gone. I'm nervous for you. <laughs> I think I'll, I think I'll be Okay. Um, okay. If you roll a 20 on this podcast for now, the rule is, uh, you take a whiff of these smelling salts. What does it say? It's called like bottled insanity, <laughs> bottled insanity, XL ammonia inhalant. Oh, they use the shit to wake up people who've been knocked out or who want to lift heavy ass weights. Why did we say this was the 20? Bro, I don't know. This is courtesy of Brittany. This is so that you just get hella hyped. No, for your story. someone said it's like catnip for humans. No, human or cats enjoy catnip. <laughs> this is like mace for your nose. I see. I see people hitting this before they try to like hit their PR. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. squatting. Yeah. A car. Okay. <laughs> Let's go, baby boy. Hit that shit. I'm just. I'm just trying to gather my 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 actual story so I can just jump into it. You know. <laughs> Dude, the longer you wait on the cliff, the harder it is to jump. You know? That's true. No, I'm not, I'm not going to not do it. I don't know. You're I'm sweating. Want, I'm just trying to figure yeah, out what it is that sweat over I want to say at first. Exactly, Tembo. Why is it a reward? It really isn't. It's not. We're <gasps> in this, boys. He just unscrewed it. Oh! In 1908, <laughs> in 1908, there was a book published called The Kybalion. And the Kybalion. Can you start over? <laughs> Just kidding. The, the Kybalion is made from uh, what's called the Emerald Tablets. And the Emerald Tablets were. Oh, I can kind of smell it. The Emerald Tablets were, were written 
by were written by uh, an Egyptian god named Toth. Thoth, T-H-O-T-H. The Greeks called him Hermes. Okay. Have you heard of him before? Dude, lit clothing. No. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's the origin. You got it right. Is it wearing off? Yeah. Okay, wait, t- t- what was that like? Uh, well, you could see it. <laughs> you should do it again. You watch, you watch the whole thing. You should have to do it should, your entire story. <laughs> just keep taking a hit. Oh, dude, that was strong. It was it was big, strong. Oof. It was heavy, dude. It it instantly burned my nose. <laughs> did you Did you wake in up a, in a way that I've uh, never uh, experienced before? I'm gonna continue. My eyes are watering, dude. Someone said, "Do it again." Bench press, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> uh dude. Have you heard of this book before? Uh-uh. The Kybalion. Sir? Negative. No. None? Kybalion. Uh, okay. This book is crazy. Um, it's, it's only uh, like a modern day publication of the actual, like, like interpretation of the Emerald Tablets. And this uh, Egyptian god, Toth, is supposedly like Abraham, the biblical prophet in the Old Testament, Abraham's mentor, oh, taught shit. Abraham everything. So uh, Toth writes on these these tablets. Uh, let me bring up the picture real quick. They're kind of beautiful. The tablets are. Yep. Are they? Were they discovered in West Desert of Utah? Yes, that Hell was discovered. Yeah. Let's um, go. No, Toth. Okay, so let's start with Toth first. He's uh, depicted in like Egyptian, not hieroglyphics, but like all the stonework, whatever that's called, as having the body of a man, but the head of an ibis, which is the bird with like long the long beak, beak mm-hmm. the blue one. The crazy straw nose. Yep, exactly. So that's who uh, Toth is depicted as. And I have a pick here real quick. And then the, the emerald tablets... This is it. Oh, okay. Those look dope. Yep. So the Emerald Tablets uh, contain the seven principles or uh, pillars of which the universe stands on. And they're the truths of which we fully uh, operate. And it's like basically the foundation of the universe. So Toth, knowing this as a god, as a deity, uh, comes to earth and writes on the tablets, trying to teach man what these truths are. And it's said in the Kybalion, the Kybalion is like a shadow, basically, representation of the Emerald Tablets. The Kybalion uh, begins with saying, the principles of truth are seven. He who knows these understandingly possess the magic key before whose touch all the doors of the temple fly open. So the temples uh, in, in uh, biblical times were places where people could basically commune with God and learn truths about, uh, about God. This is one of the ways uh, in which those truths are told, basically, is through the Emerald Tablets. And... Now we have the Kybalion. So uh, 
the Kybalion is used by, uh, it's really popular amongst occultists. Ghost Mane has a song named Kybalion. I was wondering. <laughs> um, it sounds like some John D shit. And it's known as the Manual of Mental Alchemy. Ooh, okay, that's cool. And I, I've heard that album. Yeah, the manual <laughs> that's of nineteen nineties hip hop, right there. <laughs> and I, I want to read this book. I want, I want to read it and then dive into it later. So I'm kind of prefacing a future episode, hopefully. Uh, but here are the seven principles. I, I'm leaving them kind of vague for now because I don't want to speak on anything I don't know too much about. But just listing them off. The first principle is mind. Second is space, time, and correspondence. And in the second verse, uh, or second principle, uh, fire-ass verse, is where the phrase, as above, so below, comes from. Paris. Yep. (laughs) Paris. The movie. (laughs) Um, The third one, and at what came out, as above, so below, do you have any... any interpretation on that? Like the same principles that govern heaven are the same principles that govern earth. Yeah. It's like how it works up there is how it works down here. Yeah. There's another principle later on here. What did we get? I don't know. But if you're just listening, we have sound alerts on and sometimes they <laughs> scare the shit out of us. That's a separate tra- track. So we can take yeah. those out. <laughs> if you're a podcast listener and you want to have a good time uh, live, come over to twitch.tv slash the three M pod and hang out with us live where you can get the shit scared out of you too by alerts. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a later principle that addresses this a little further. Some people also say that's like uh, hollow earth theory. Hmm. Ooh, as above, so below. I've actually heard it as well, as below, so above. Yeah, they talk about switching it up as well. Okay, number three is vibration. Everything has a vibration. String theory. Uh, number four is polarity. So everything has an opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. Number five. I might be an occultist. Is rhythm and pattern. Oh. Everything follows patterns. <laughs> number six is cause and effect. So everything is okay. a, a, a reaction of something previous. Actually, number seven. Very interesting. And the final one. Gender. Hmm. Very interesting. So. I won't dive too much in those topics. Um, like I said, I don't want to speak. I haven't read the book, so I, I want to read it first. We're just sampling right now. Yeah. But this just like led me on a, on a thought process of things that I've learned before while learning about this new thing of how, like, where, like, where do we come from almost? And it's like these archaeological finds uh, these historical texts have repeatedly shown that there are like higher beings in existence and they speak to us or they have spoken to us. It made me think of uh, there was. So if you're not Mormon in, in uh, we've talked a lot about our missions that we've served in these missions, there's missionaries not all of them are boys. Some of them are girls. They're sister missionaries. Some of them are older, and we call those senior missionaries. They're but they're usually all elders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these senior missionaries, they were kind of just like our grandparents on the mission. At least my senior missionaries, dude. If you had a senior missionary in your area, dude, they were feeding you all the time. 
uh, just taking care of you. And it was the best. There was one senior missionary though, who was just like an absolute, he called himself a Bible pothead where (laughs) he was just like deep. Yeah. Deep into like, uh, the scriptures and, uh, I don't know. I never got a weird feeling from him. That's dope. It was a different time of my life, but at the same time, I still feel pretty confident that, uh, like he was a sound person. He was high on the yeah. gospel. Whoa. <laughs> despite, yeah, despite calling himself a Bible pothead. Uh, I tried to do the bong sound. Couldn't. And, uh, real quick. Can I introduce, if you're a non-member, this is a new, and that's what Mormons call people who aren't Mormon non-members. Sorry. <laughs> but the idea of deep doctrine, I think is kind of important to like help them understand. So like in any religion, there's like, here's the main tenets of whatever your gospel, your religion, your group. And then there's like the weird, murky, dark, deep stuff. That's <laughs> way more fun that inevitably missionaries like find themselves like uh, attracted to because it's way more fun than pray and read your scriptures. Cause it's like, okay, that's, it's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> so on the mission, a lot of missionaries will go down like really deep doctrinal rabbit holes because we're big fat nerds on the mission who have nothing better to do. Yeah. And so when you meet someone, an older person who has some of this knowledge, it's like, you're a sage. sage. Yeah. Let's get high upon me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pass me the blunt of deep doctrine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you came across, uh, let's go visit the elder. burning bush together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. So this senior missionary and, uh, he's still around and I, I want to, I want to give him a call and just like ask him a bunch of questions. Uh, cause it's been almost a decade since I've last talked to him. And, uh, by that point, that was like their fourth mission that they were serving as a senior couple. Damn. Like, like before that they were like in Mongolia, they were in Argentina and then there that it was the Philippines. So, well-traveled, uh, they, well-experienced, they, they, uh, yeah, they were just good people and took really good care of, of those around them, whether they were members or not. Um, but for us, uh, blessed and privileged members, he would bestow upon us, uh, his, his knowledge. And he talked about a lot of this. He talked about specific archangels and you read, in the scriptures about archangels, there's the angel Gabriel who re- revealed himself into Mary, telling him, telling her that she was going to be the mother of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Man, this really is a Sunday stream. <laughs> it, it really is. Uh, Gabriel, he talks about all these different archangels. There's uh, Archangel Michael. There's there's a large handful of them, and he talks about who they were in human form. And uh, we, I, is that common knowledge? I, feel I wouldn't like say I, I wouldn't say it's that common. Not that common. I don't think the lay Christian is like, oh yeah, but I don't know because, and I'm kind of shooting from the hip with my story today. What really happened is I was hanging out with some friends Friday night, and I was like, they were, they were asking me about the podcast. They're like, tell us some stories. Told them some stories. I was like, do you guys have any? And they have a recent one that. Uh, had to do with uh, offshoot Mormons who made their own cult and one was born into it. Like, like one of your homies there? No, this is like their neighbor slash like best friend or one of their best friends. They were telling me this story and they were born. They were born into it, not knowing there was a lot of details. Sorry. But anyway, 
I wanted to share that today and right before stream, he was like, actually, let me ask my friend first, uh, <laughs> see if he can share. And I was like, oh. so I had to like, this was uh, the Kybalion was in my uh, like potential story notes for a while. So I did like a quick dive into that, but it got me thinking about these other things as far as like, cause the Kybalion came from the Emerald tablets that Emerald tablets came from an Egyptian God and the Greeks saw him as kind of a God, but also like a philosopher. And it's like where the term hermits come from huh. uh, because the Greeks called him Hermes. Mm. Uh, have y'all heard, have y'all heard of like hermit as a career in, uh -uh. in Europe? A career hermit? This is a mad side note. Like in medieval times, they went to hermits for like, hermits were alchemists. At right? one point, rich nobility would hire men to come live on their estate or their house. Like they would live in a small like stone cottage and live on your estate to make your estate more like mystique. Like, Oh yeah, we have a hermit who lives down in our garden. And so it would just be like a weird bearded man who like read books all day. Bro. And you just sign like sign me up. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah, we that, got, got like, a weird bearded man here. Sean yeah. <laughs> is the 3 a.m. Hermit. Yeah. <gasps> Bro, that just made us so much more notoriable. It did. We owe you a lot more money, dog. I'm so sorry. But that, sorry, that's such a weird side note. But I saw that. That used to be a legit career. You would like hire a hermit to live upon your land and make it cooler. Why? They, because they wanted the image of like they were what? In it, the know? It's just like a Merlin like, lives here. It's like, wow. Yeah. That, like that's cr it, it was stunting. Yeah. It was their Lamborghini or like their jet. We have a uh, hermit. Yeah. Yeah. We have the hermit. Yeah. <laughs> who doth live upon the land. Wow. Anyway, sorry. So they, they <laughs> no, saw no, him as like a philosopher. Insane. Yeah. They saw him as like a philosopher and like, uh, that, that's all I'll say on that. But then it's uh, got me thinking to like my conversations with this senior missionary who we'll call elder Stroud. His last name is Stroud. Stroud. Elder Stroud, um, who like owns his own farm in like Northern Arizona. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, his, what he was teaching us about like, uh, archangels and like them, like if you take the example of Gabriel coming to like they archangels are archangels or are angels who have like a higher purpose and calling and help humans accomplish big tasks. So you watch like when Charles was talking about missionaries getting to this deep doctrine, it's basically just like old school history channel, you know, the yeah. meme of like aliens. That's like every <laughs> Elder, Mormon elder, yeah. you know, on the mission with deep doctrine. Um, and even history channel talks about like, do the aliens taught them how to build pyramids? And it's like, I feel like the more I read into this, whether that's <laughs> bad or good, I don't know. But the more I read into this, I feel like the aliens are angels. It was like the same thing. We just call them different, whatever things, you want to call them, you know, it, it, it's sort of similar. Like recently I've been on this thing where it's like, you can say magic, like that's a magic spell, or you can say prayer. It's like the same exact thing. You're speaking something into existence using like intention and mind and heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like everything is like the same, that, just called something different. With the belief that something out of your power will then bestow you with power to do something. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. just like whatever you call it. Yeah. You want to call it aliens? You want to call it angels? Whatever. Visitors from above came down <laughs> from a different realm. It's like whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It is an interesting True. way to look at it that way. And it's like it's all just kind of homogenous. Yeah. Uh, so going on with what elder stroud was teaching us i told you that he was teaching us well uh there's two things that i remember that he did teach us and this is very 
this deep is memory. a very deep memory. So some of the details are, are uh, kind of skewed or yeah, kind of skewed, but he talked about the archangel Michael and in the Mormon church, I think, I think we believe that uh, Michael is also Adam, right? As in Adam and Eve. Uh, I don't know if that's like a normal Christian belief or like Orthodox Christian Catholic belief. I have no Either idea. or. Um, but Michael apparently taught Moses how the universe was made, showed him like the entire creation. Uh-huh. And I remember sitting there, I was like, this is crazy. But he took out the book of uh, like one of the discourses from Joseph Smith, uh, who's the quote unquote founder uh, of modern day Mormonism. And uh, why are you saying it like that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, took out like one of his discourses where he was taught about this. And I don't, I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm right now in that, that time I was like, okay, I believe this now, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know about now. I can't speak to that now, but uh, basically Michael who was Adam took Moses, not in a vision like they talk about in the scriptures, but like took him into space lame. and showed him like an actual, <laughs> yeah, yeah, super lame. He's like, oh, I'd rather go. Can you eat. just give me an iPhone? Mo- Moses is like, can you just take me to Japan and eat sushi? Yeah, I just want that. I want yeah, that uh, yeah. nigiri, bro. Yeah, I was watching uh, Jiro Dreams with sushi on Netflix and that looks way better. That looks way cooler. Yeah. Um, takes him to space. If you're going to take me to space and show me the beginning of mankind, I'm down. Takes him to space and shows him uh, the making of like a galaxy or like a nebula or whatever. Literally from the beginning time. to end. He yeah. saw everything. And everything was like sped up and like stopped. And was like, this is how this happens. Yada, yada. Takes that, brings that down to earth, uh, that knowledge. And now we have the pyramids. No, I don't know. Oh. Um, but just like, that was just like another example of uh, like aliens or angels. And archangels. Extraterrestrials. Interfacing. Yeah. Interfacing. <laughs> another one is about like in the Bible, there's the 12 tribes of Israel and everybody comes from these 12 tribes is what they teach. Long story short, 10 of the 12 tribes are lost, right? Where, where are they at though? We don't know. We, earth. Except <laughs> Charles, Charles knows. <laughs> um, what do you know? I'll tell you later off screen. <laughs> Just so, crazy stuff. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a verse that says that they traveled into the land northward. Ooh. What? Just what kind of northward? What kind of northward? And Elder Stroud talked to us about how northward meant like up <gasps> into the sky. Oh, shoot. That, into the sky? That they were taken into basically heaven. And he went on this entire diatribe, which I, I vividly remember sitting there, obviously all the th- words that he spoke i don't remember but i remember feeling like (laughs) damn i think this is like actually real (laughs) like this is insane to me that like these 10 tribes were taken up into the sky and oh man they (laughs) i'm just i'm just gonna say he uh he talks about how hey this is they live on their they live on their own planet 
And on this planet, this planet itself travels to other planets, Nibiru, helping, helping other uh, planets in their progression back to God. Exactly. So just like flying through this rock in space and they were once human and they became uh, as gods, as gods, (laughs) extraterrestrials helping other humans. Okay. But I'm chomping to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. Go dude. Hard. Okay. I want to cover, I want to cover two things. One, Sean just said it, Nibiru and the Anunnaki. So we've talked about it before. I even brought up uh, Randall Carlson. No, Graham Hancock. He's, He's someone who's like a great source on understanding the story of the Anunnaki and Nibiru. But essentially the story of mankind, according to this legend, is that earth was visited a long time ago by beings from above or from space known as the Anunnaki. They came, they bestowed upon us knowledge and they left. Some people go really deep into it and think this is when mankind jumped from ape to what we are now. And what happened was the Anunnaki came to this earth and they were like, holy shit, this earth is really rich in materials, specifically gold. Gold has crazy properties like crazy uh, electrical properties mm-hmm. and like anyway it's it's insanely valuable material and so not just in like a barter sense but literal like you can physical properties it super thin you can coat things with it you can yeah. shield rays from, it's crazy there's and so the, much stuff and like the audio visual world if you work in it like i do but like our XLR cords are gold plated because they yeah, pick bitch, up the we most. Got it like that. Rich, <laughs> because they pick up the mo- gold plated is like the best you can get. Conductor. Because they, yeah, yeah, they're the best conductor. Yep. So like you get the best quality audio with gold plated XLR quarter inch cables. So the legend goes with the Anunnaki is they saw a planet super rich in gold inhabited by these pretty decently uh, self sufficient, hardworking, strong, ape like creatures. So they said, dope, let's upgrade this ape, make it way more capable of working through brains, and we'll install in it a desire for gold. And humans, since the beginning of time, every civilization has always wanted to like collect more gold. It's true. I want gold. Me too. I want gold. I want a grill so bad. Anyway, Oof. the theory is that they literally like implanted that desire into us so that we would harvest gold so that when they returned, they'd be like, dope, give me that shit. Just take all the gold. But the theory is the Anunnaki came insanely gifted uh, knowledge of building. That's how the pyramids were built. And they traveled on the planet, planet X or Nibiru, which up until, I don't know, the 90s or something, everyone was like, that's cap. But then they did identify a planet X and they were like, actually, that planet X would kind of come close to the earth every like 9,000 years or something like that, which is kind of lined up to what they said. So there's like all this weird stuff. Bro, if you watch Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, the Nibiru's in there. If you watch so much stuff, there's like Planet X and Nibiru, the 11th planet. It's all (laughs) baked in there, dog. (laughs) And so now we're talking about the shit they discovered out in West Desert. That's a mummy. That's Nibiru. That's Egypt all over the world. And then DJ brings this up. Also, last night, I had a barbecue with my wife's cousins. All her family was over. And we got to chitting. We got to chatting. And what came up is deep doctrine stories we heard on our missions dude and i'm dead ass like you're talking this whole time i was like this is so crazy so last night i I told everyone the whole group when i was on my mission if you met one of these 
like gospel scholars. It was really fun to meet them. And you only had like a small window with a lot of them, right? It's like you live in their area. You get to eat dinner with them once or twice. And it's like, you don't get it. So I met one guy. He grew up Mormon in Australia and he was just a consumer of everything the church has ever put out. He had every book in his library. He had like a room full of books and he knew everything. He was deep, deep doctor boy. So I was like, we, you know, we had a good rapport. We had a good dinner. And like, as a missionary, you're not really supposed to ask about this stuff. You're supposed to stay pretty singularly uh, locked onto the main gospel. But I felt like, you know, I had cracked through the ice a little bit with him. So I was like, hey, brother so-and-so, uh, what's the craziest thing you've ever come across? <laughs> and I'm dead ass. Like, I've been doing this shit. That's not just a marketing thing for the podcast. Been doing this shit forever. And he like leans back and he goes, you know, I have read and DJ, the last thing you left off on angels that travel from planet to planet to help people in their progression. He goes, I have come across these journals and I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but I'm going to refresh everyone's memory. I have come across these journals of early members of the church. At one point, the members were being ridiculed, persecuted in over here, East coast. So they're like, F y'all were out. We're going to go West. They traveled West. So at some point a war broke out in Mexico. So a lot of the men had to leave, go to this war before they went back. The gold rush happened Mm -hmm. and all of them were like, let's recoup some of our losses, make that bread. So they went up to the gold rush. He said he has seen and read journals from that time of members in those mountains. And there was one account that was corroborated by multiple journals. And this is what he said happened. There was someone who was panning for gold, Northern California. At some point, there was a loud noise and a craft came over the trees. This craft landed in the water and the stream near him and a tube extended from the craft into the water. He's terrified, drops his pan, like sits there stunned, staring at this craft. The door opens and he sees two celestial, bright, perfect shining beings almost floating out of the craft. And he says he, the instant he sees them, he's not scared. A feeling comes over him that he says is a familiar feeling that he's never felt before. It feels like he's home for the first time in his entire life. And the beings see him and they say like, my brother, I'm sorry. We did not know you were here. Otherwise we would not have disturbed you. And he's sitting there flabbergasted. He's not scared because of the feeling they're emanating. They're pulsing peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically at some point just starts like, who are you? And he goes, my brother, we are beings from another planet. And he says like, do you, he, super nerd shit. He goes like, do you guys have the gospel of Jesus Christ on your planet? <laughs> and the be- what the beings say is, yes, we do. We are from another planet who is further along in the process or the simulation that your planet is from that your planet is currently in. And he's like, we, we didn't know you're here are bad. We're sorry. We'll be leaving you like, and this won't affect you at all. And then before they leave, they say, do you want to come with us? And he looks down the feeling he gets. And he's like, shit, dude, I do. I do want to come with you, but I have a family and I have to stay F them dude. And they go, that's okay. We'll never see you again. You take care. They fly away. And one of his homies who was in the mountains that day, he never saw again. 
And so he thinks that that fool like, went, went with, with, him. with him. Yeah. And so I was sitting there. I asked the old man that, and that's what he told me. And I was like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's kind of similar and kind of cooperated by what you said is like these beings that are like celestial Damn, demigods bro. who travel from planet to planet, helping people along the process. Okay. Can we just like right now put in pact that if that happens to us three, one of us is going with them. That's you, dog. I got, I got a dog. You know, I got, you got a dog. I mean, yeah, okay. I have the less, the least to go for right now. So, actually, you're part I, of the master race. So, but you have. They probably ask I've, you to I'm, go. I'd know how to get back. They were like, DJ, can you move aside and let Sean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can he do all the grunt work here yeah. on, on Earth? Do you have our gold? Yeah. <laughs> Mine the gold, yeah. DJ. Yeah. Uh, but you have to get back to us if that happens. You have to like send us a message. Oh, for sure, dude. Cool. Yeah. 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 I'd be, I'd be pissed if you, dude, what kind of asshole would just like tease something and then not follow through on it? You know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I am an asshole though. So you never know. The but, funny thing is, uh, you also have a wife. <laughs> Ooh, you me? Tembo you and chat said that you said, I have a dog. Guys, 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 guys. <laughs> Let's not nitpick here. Okay. <laughs> Let's get one thing straight. <laughs> move on, move on. <laughs> it's all right. She don't listen to us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We're free. We can say what we want. Nah, it spooks her out too much. Um, we, I, okay, I won't speak for everybody, but at least me, I like hesitated to uh, like bring up this topic for 140 episodes because we didn't ever want to come across as like preachy or anything. But I think we can approach this objectively. And I, I really do feel like it's not even an attempt. Like looking into this, it feels homogenous like I was talking about. This uh, this isn't like an ex- like some of the stories might come from Mormonism or a specific sects of Christianity yep. or any religion, but it's really like, just same thing, different terms. They're all uh, stems that go into like a central root system, almost. That's why you ancient know? aliens works is because like this theme exists in like every culture, every religion. Do you know yeah, what I'm it's saying? It's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, also. First and foremost, this is our podcast, so we can talk about what we want. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can eat ass, baby. <laughs> uh, someone actually recently, like, we, yeah, we don't bring up the fact that we're Mormon. And here's the thing, us specifically in this room and our friend group outside of this room, dude, we're all on different stages as far as like how Mormon are you and like things like that. So it's like, I think we're pretty comfortable in discussing things like that and not like a preachy sort of way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we actually recently got a message from someone. <laughs> they were like, uh, yo, I love your podcast. Been listening to you a long time. And it's like, I didn't really understand that you guys were Mormon until I brought it up to one of my coworkers. And they were like, Mormons, they're the ones with magic underwear. <laughs> and so they like sent me screenshots of garments. And they were like, can you please explain this? Because that was the first time for her hearing that. Yeah. She was like, what the f*** is that? (laughs) And uh, it's literally, it was like 6.30 a.m. I woke up to that message. and I was like, cool. This is like my first thing I get to address. This is the first thing I'm doing today. It's it's Charles back in the mission again. Waking up at 6.30, preaching the gospel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dude, accurate, bro. Mark that number down, report it to my president. Um, Essentially, I was just like, uh, I won't say like exactly what I said, but. I was like, first and foremost, I don't think I'm the best representation of Mormons. <laughs> oh, definitely. So if you're drawing all your conclusions from Mormons from me, like just know I'm not the mold. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I just want to say that. Like, just uh, get that yeah. out 
yeah. first. <laughs> also, it's like, I'm not afraid of any topic. So if anyone does have answers, you can come at me. And it's like, if you're trying to be an asshole, we'll both know you're trying to be an asshole. But if you're just like genuinely curious, I think we could have a non-threatening conversation about anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. what this, these, these segments are. Cause there's a lot of things within Mormon, uh, mythology, I'll say, or doctrine that are like super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. exactly. To that end. And even, uh, in the chat, uh, pack attack, uh, was talking about how like, uh, Mormons have like, he said, Mormons got some fire fringe folklore. It's true, bro. <laughs> it's, it's true. That so shit like, is true. Even if we just approach it as like a story, like come look and from nothing an further. Yeah. No one's trying to convert your ass. Chill. Yeah. yeah. It could be really fun. So, uh, also not only Mormons have fire fringe, uh, you could say that for every religion and probably. Yeah. yeah. True. Like me, and I would love to learn those. Yeah, things. exactly. Yeah. Like, like if me, you have fire fringe Hindu shit, it's like, yeah, bring that on. I want to yeah. know that. When I was diving into, uh, like Jin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like reading the actual Quran <laughs> <laughs> for, for that episode, I was like hella enjoying all of that. It was yeah, dope. Cause it's interesting. It's culture. It's like, these are, these are wild things that people base their life off. It's like, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, there was one last thing. Fringe. Fire. Folklore. They bring it. I must not have meant to bring it up. <laughs> they, they wiped it from my mind. Don't bring it up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to tie this up. It will never be tied up. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Kybalion. I want to read it. Uh, Ancient so, so I can ascend. Ooh. Dude, then just return and report. Yeah. Next time DJ's just like floating. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet last, last, last time you uh, ground dwellers yeah. were, heard me talking about this. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, that was fun. I appreciate that. There's a lot of a lot of stuff we could explore. Any thoughts? No, that's me. Thank you, DJ. Yes. Who's next? Me. And thank yeah, you, thank you, uh, smelling salts. Yeah, thank you, Dude, Brittany. Yeah, that was perfect for <sighs> introing this story. I feel, I feel <laughs> the rejuvenated. Spirit of God. Yeah, I've been touched by the spirit. Dude, yeah, that is the Anunnaki in a bottle right there. <laughs> Dope. I'm next. Guys, my story tonight comes to us from some goaded sources. First and foremost being David Politis. Let's go. Why do we all know that name? Why do we act that way? Because David Politis is the godfather of Missing 411. For the uninitiated, hurry up and educate yourself. Missing 411. Get initiated. People all around the country, all around the world disappearing under mysterious circumstances. And only cases that do not have a good explanation get put into this. There's a specific criteria by which they become missing 411 cases. Yeah. Great so, preface. Some of those, some of those criteria are they go missing near body of water. Uh, a lot of the people who go missing are knowledgeable outdoorsmen. Yep. People outdoors, people rather. Um, anyway, there's some sort of mystery. It's not just a clear cut case. Dogs can't trace them. Something's weird. Yeah. So these cases, first and foremost, we've covered a lot of them in the past. Go through our past episodes and look at them. Here's some that I don't remember us covering that I thought were fun. So I'm going to bring up today. Uh, I also, what spurred me to look back into this was a Windagoon video that got posted. We've shouted them out before. Great YouTube channel. Go check them out. And another YouTube channel called Moonlit Ghost, where he does something similar, covers weird fringe things on hmm. YouTube. So go check those out. And of course, Reddit, Wikipedia, other right. sources. Okay. Some of the, uh, what initially introduced us to missing 411 is the infamous Reddit SAR search and rescue officer thread. I've posted part one and two to our Patreon for free. Anyone can look it up, whether you're a patriot or not, but you should go look it up right now. SAR 
Reddit scary stories. Eight pages of insane good Crazy stories. stuff. And a lot of folklore is born from it. I oh, yeah. Stairs in the forest. So go check that out in your free time. One of the craziest ones that like always stuck with me and it encapsulates like what I love in a scary story really well, but it's the story of a grandfather, his daughter and her daughter walking in the forest. Daughter's around 10 years old and she decides I want to climb a tree. I love climbing trees. She's like, I'm going to climb a tree. They're like, don't be, be safe, be safe, be careful. She starts climbing the tree. They see her going up. She goes through the branches until finally they can't see her. She's pretty high. After a while, grandfather, mom, ready to go, yell up, call down or call up to her and say, hey, like we're come down. We're ready to go. Nothing. And she's never seen again. What I love about the story, simple, bizarre, odd, terrifying. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. We've all climbed a tree. We know what that would be like if someone just climbed it and never came down. And this is kind of like a perfect way to push a, this is what a missing 401 is. Yeah. Something happens. There's no explanation. Uh, second one, similar to the first. This one is of Eric Lewis. Uh, what I would imagine a decently experienced outdoorsmen. Why? Because they were ice climbing near Mount Rainier. Oh, okay. So Sean, what's Mount Rainier like? Where is it at? Mount Rainier is just Southeast of Seattle, Washington. Okay. And it's in kind of like the cascade range of mountains. It's just super green and lush and Am I right in thinking like dense forests, like tall trees? So right in around the area is really the only place in the world where it's a temperate rainforest. So it's a rainforested area, but in a temperate climate. So it's super wild. Dude, Britannica over here. Encyclopedia (laughs) Britannica Gasaway over here. I love it. Uh, You've been there before? Yeah. Cool. Well, this guy and two friends decide they're going to go ice climbing. So I assume it's winter. He rappels down on the side of a mountain on some ice. Mm -hmm. They can hear him moving. They can hear him climbing. He goes further. They're up. They're up uh, securing everything, just watching. And uh, after a while, it's quiet. And they yell down, Eric, Eric, nothing. They jingle the line and to their horror, they realize the line is loose. They quickly pull it up. And at the end of the line is supposed to be Eric, but nothing's there. An empty carabiner is at the end of the line. no, dude. So they imagine, holy shit, somehow he unhooked himself and has fallen. Yeah, because it's not even like a like a broken line. It's like the carabiners. The holy shit. Yes, and as you know, as a climber, dude, every time you start climbing, you check every connection. You yep. count it off. You both confirm. You lock. Then you it. go. You lock into one before you unlock another. There you go. So perplexed, terrified, they look for him. His body is never found, even where he would have fallen. It's not there. That's but why. what they do find halfway down the mountain in a small ice cave is his backpack and some of his gear. What the? But nothing else. But there we go again. Someone who goes somewhere where there's no real escape. Like mm-hmm. you cannot just all of a sudden like disappear from this spot unless you're like carried away by a eagle or something. <laughs> and then he just disappears. Wild. Could you say the, uh, the homie from your mission when we're on my story who disappeared with the UFO 
is like a missing 411. Oh shit, that's true. Help dude. me help me remember them. The one where the gold rush people, oh, one dude just disappeared. They came out and they're like Dude, that's the OG missing 411. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Aliens. Yeah. Next person, Garrett Bardsley. And you might have covered this one because this one takes place in the Uintas of Utah. Oh shit. Uh this is at Cuberant Lake. Cuberant Lake. I don't know. Either way, at this lake is a very well-kept, very manicured spot for people to easily come in, park their car, camp, paved paths down to the lake. Okay. Like, this is not deep back country. Um, It's a scout trip. So his father, Garrett's father, and Garrett come, drive, set up camp, and they walk 200 feet from their tent down to the lake to fish. While fishing... Garrett slips and falls into the water. Gets wet. Dang it. Dad, I'm going to go change. No worries. And he says, just make sure you stick on the path, and I'll see you in a bit. And his dad made it a point to watch Garrett walk. And literally, so if you have 200 feet Mm -hmm. between the tent and the lake, at maybe 150 feet, it goes like it bends a tiny bit, and you can no longer see. Goes over a little like lip. Exactly. So he watches Garrett until that lip and he goes down and then he starts fishing. 20 minutes later, he thinks, dude, where the hell's Garrett? He should be back. Goes up to the camp. Garrett's nowhere to be found. Search ensues. They search everywhere. They cannot find Garrett. Only thing they find is one sock. Oh, damn. Several, maybe a hundred yards. I don't know how far away in a gravel pit in these big gravel boulders. And weirdly enough, gravel boulders are like a rock field. Super common in missing 411. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people go missing there or something is found there. Anyway, they find one sock not far from a pretty popular road sitting there and nothing else is ever found ever again. Hmm. So somehow in between those 50 feet, just gone. This one's really similar to the one in the Missing 401 documentary, or is that the same one? It could it could very well be the miss, or same one. Because that was the one with the grandparents as well. And yeah, it's probably different, but there, there's okay. so many similar cases. Yeah, there's so. hundreds it's, and hundreds of these. And I, I cherry-picked three dealing with kids, so these last three. Uh, this next one, Rowan Grifton, he was two years old. Him and his family visit grandma's house. I believe this is in New York or somewhere on the East Coast. They're visiting Grandma's house, and he is too. He's playing with a cat outside. Parents are talking, I assume. Something's going on. Maybe there's a distraction. The cat runs into the forest. Mm -hmm. They're near a pretty uh, wilderness. They're near a wilderness area. And young Grifton, or young Rowan, chases the cat to the forest. At some point, the parents realize he's gone. Holy shit, we need to find them. They form a search party and they start searching. They search well into the night until finally they're like, dude, we're not making any progress. We can't see anything. And at this point, it's dangerous for us to be out here. Let's call it off. Let's start first thing light in the morning, which could you imagine doing like your two-year-old is missing and you're like, you have to make the call like, let's start again in the morning. You're uh, essentially like the love or the the likelihood that your kid is alive yeah. goes down after like what 48 hours or something yeah. 24 it's like yeah very small window light comes main group starts going out and a smaller splinter group from the search party goes you know what 
let's go the opposite way. Just in case. Out of a hunch. There's a swamp down there. Let's go check that swamp out. They go to the swamp area and they go, Rowan. And they hear, I'm here. What? Two one is sitting there in front of them, clutching a tree in the middle of a swamp. What? With deep all around him. And he's completely dry. What the? So he's like in the middle of a pond, clutching a tree, completely dry, and he can't swim. Relieved, they bring him back. They ask him, they talk to him. And like every time they try to ask him, how did you get there? Like, what, what happened? What happened? What happened? No memory. The only thing he says is the cows, the cows scared me. The cows led me to that tree. No. Which is like, okay. Except there's no cows in that area at all. Bro, that's not Rowan. Changeling. The cows. He just kept saying the cows and they're like, that's cool. There's no, there's no cows out here. (laughs) My guy. So what are you saying? (laughs) What did you see? You stupid idiot. (laughs) We should have left you out there. Uh, what's crazy is that kid's still around and I think he's on social media. So it's weird. What's interesting is, do you remember that theory I told you about demonic or even real people using ridiculous tactics to like make it just so illegitimize? Yeah. So monster, the, the cows, like maybe a shapeshifter oh, or something. appeared shit. as cow. That's, I don't, awesome. that's where my mind went. That's true. That's uh frick dude. So at least that one ended in he was returned, we which think. is nice. That's uh, so crazy. This last You should one. ask him, what, what sound does the cow make? And he's like, woof, woof. On <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, Bro, that's not a cow. That is not a cow dog. <laughs> okay, this last one. Young Keith Perkins. Parker. Young Keith Parker. <laughs> Young Keith Parker was two years old, and this is in Ritter, Oregon, in the Blue Mountains. Parkins? Okay. Perkins, Parkins, Parker. It might be Parkins. Hold Sorry, on. Dude, now it says Keith no Parkins here. Then let's go just Keith in, Parkins, just in case people want to look it up or something. Yeah, can you show the photo real yep. quick? Young Keith Parkins. This took place in the fifties in Ritter, Oregon. It's a super oh, rural he spot. Like a hippie nowadays, dude. Just like, dude, he looks like a hipster nowadays. Yeah, yeah that's what I was gonna say. More hipster. Okay. Um, Ritter, Oregon, super rural, out in the Blue Mountains. Okay. Do you know that area, Sean? Uh, I know the area. It's I'm not like super familiar with. I've driven through it several times. The Blue Mountains. It's like you would have to be an experienced person to hold your own out there. Yeah. Okay. So, similarly to the last story, they're visiting Grandma. This is 1952. Edna and Alan Parkins visit Grandma with their three kids. Their grandma has a small plot of land. There's the main home. There's a barn, and it's surrounded by forest. Mm. So they get to grandma's house. They start hanging out. Mom starts making lunch. She's inside. And the three boys are in the barn. At at around 12 p.m., mom, Edna, comes out and says, like, boys, maybe rings the triangle. It's lunchtime. And she sees two of her sons come out of the barn and start running towards the house. Mm -hmm. They get to the door. She sits there for a while waiting for Keith, young Keith, two years old. He doesn't come. Boys, where's Keith? Oh, he went out the backside. He went around the long way, the barn. 
Like they came out the front. He went out the back. Okay. So she waits a minute more. Then she decides to go look for herself. Goes to the barn. Empty. Goes out the back. Empty. Goes all the way around the barn. No sign of Keith. Within the hour, she's nervous. She's told husband. She's told grandma. They've told local people. They've called friends. They've called coworkers. And a party of 200 gets together. Almost every man in Ritter get together to form a party. And even though they weren't classically trained, they knew what they were doing. They got within yelling distance of each other. They moved, got in a straight line and they moved forward into the forest. They walked 10 feet, called the name, waited, walked 10 feet, called the name. And they like their, the search is on. Damn. They search for hours, hours and hours. And slowly hope is lost. People's morale are, are down until finally someone in the party. I, I see something calls people over. They look down and they see small footprints in the mud four miles away from the cabin. What the holy shit. How did he get out here? They get together and they start following the footprints and even like a mile or two more into the forest. And we're traveling up into the mountains. Damn. This is no joke terrain. Ravines, cliffs, brush, trees. They follow these, and at one point, they stop. They have no idea where they went. So if the barn is here, the footprints are four miles this way, up and to the right. Okay. Disheartened, but not defeated, the party keeps pressing on. Uh, through the night, they search through sub freezing temperatures it gets below 32 damn and yet they search and search until finally the sun comes up and around 6 45 someone in the party sees something in the distance lying face down on the hard cold floor terrified he calls out and crazily enough Keith's dad is like right by him i see a boy they see a body Keith's dad runs up to find two-year-old Keith face down, frozen on the ground. He reaches down, scoops him up, and looks at him, face covered in scratches, skin blue, and stiff as a board. But hope's not lost. And he sprints back to the house. Somehow they get him to the Pendleton Hospital where he's revived. Damn. He survived. He comes to in the hospital, and the first thing he says is, can I have some water? Get this man some water. Get this kid some water. Show, show the picture, dude. This, uh, so right here, this is Ritter, Oregon. Like, this is the train we're talking about, a two-year-old. Uh-huh. And then the next one, I took this from Moonlit's YouTube, so shout out Moonlit. So you can see right there his footprints up and to the right, and that's where he was eventually found, way up to the left. Shit, dude, that's wild. So- in the hospital, they revive him. Family, it's a miracle. And they ask him, what happened? What happened? No memory. No recollection. How'd you get the scratches? All he says is, a cat. He has scratches all down his face, all over his arms. It's like, a cat scratched me. Okay, chill. That's, that's literally the only thing they can get from him. To the day he died, couldn't remember. This story is so crazy, so wild, so wide known. And people were like, 
He traveled nine miles as the crow flies. But in order to walk that, it's like 13 miles. Damn. So from between the time of 12 p.m. and 6.45 a.m., he hiked. Traveled that distance. 13 miles up into mountains. Crazy. As a two-year-old. Yeah. And had time to freeze. Yeah. And had time to freeze. Yeah. Yeah, Lay down and freeze. So you have to assume he did it in less time Mm -hmm. because he had to have have been laying there for a while. Wasn't on his own. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sean, I should have asked you this before, but how many miles do you think you could hike? And you're easily the fastest hiker in this room. In that terrain, (sighs) I probably could do between two and three miles an hour in that terrain because it's not as thick of a rainforest that I'm cutting through. But also on that map, it looks like he follows a ridgeline probably, which would make it a little easier if you could. But he's also two. So I feel very confident in saying that he didn't do it alone. I would. Yeah, I would say the same that like him doing it alone. I feel like is more so out of the question. Yeah. Okay. So many people thought the same, including Les Stroud. Do you want to pull up that picture of that man? So Les Stroud is from Survivor Man. Survivor Man is a show where Les Stroud is dropped off in the middle of nowhere with given very little to uh, like tools and he has to survive and get to an extraction point. So this is literally man's job. Yeah. He went to grandma's cabin, mm-hmm. grandma's barn, and he attempted to do this in the same amount of time and travel the same distance. Yeah. Could not do it. Wild. And it's literally his job. That's nuts. So what happened? What are your theories? Anything come to mind for you too? This is in the fifties. In the fifties, are there mountain lions there? I think. Yeah, there would be. Yeah, mountain lions just carrying him around. I don't know if they'd actually do that. Like what their behavior is like. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm kind of starting to think of the story I I heard, where this gold miner uh, (laughs) sees an alien (laughs) and show up and tell him, ask if he wanted to come with them. That's the only thing I can think of, dude. Wild. Uh, Possibly. So people, theories have been out there. He was kidnapped. Okay, this is one that's kind of crazy. He was kidnapped. And when they realized they wouldn't get away or something, they dropped him and just pretended to be with the search party. I was also thinking there could be multiple people involved. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about like counter tracking methods, you could have had one go one way while the other went the other way. Mm. And maybe the guy who had the kid was like, I'm going to get caught and joined the crew. This isn't worth it. Drop or the it. other guy was the one who placed the footprints going the other way. Like, yeah. Send him off. That's a good theory. Another theory, DJ spot on. People were saying like, well, if he was hanging out near a barn, you could, you could assume there might be livestock, which like could have been, uh, hunting ground. Yeah, exactly. So maybe a mountain lion just grabbed him. And just traverse this area, which is still like, even if that's true, that's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. How were his clothes? You know, his his clothes were torn. He did have uh, ripped mm, clothes. Sorry. I forgot to mention that. But 13 miles of something carrying you by just the t-shirt. Yeah. You know, like if he was being carried to though, where were the footprints coming from? (sighs) Yeah. And they never mentioned like finding any residue or clue or any other tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just make sure I got everything. (laughs) 
I have I have another theory, but continue. Uh, I don't have much more other than the last theory is like something supernatural mm. or Bigfoot. That's the only thing that explains it. So it, it, it's for sure Bigfoot confirmed. Let's close the case. Case closed. <laughs> DJ, what, did you have one last one? Yeah, portals. Oh, oh. it could be, dude. Okay. My thing with portals and forests, I've heard this is the theory. If we're all in a simulation, there is, if we're in a simulation, there is a computer that's computing it, right? Mm-hmm. And forests would take up, there's such big areas of land with such little life in it, as far as like human life, mm-hmm. that it would take a lot of computer power to keep that running up to optimum at all times. So what can happen is, this, the simulation that runs the forest sometimes just like runs like low grade shit in the forest. So glitches happen in the forest. Yes. So people blink out of existence, reappear somewhere else. And it's like, that's because the forest is just it's like, it needs a patch dude, <laughs> which is a weird theory, but I it's don't know. possible. Yeah. It's possible. Forest. I feel like in uh more like primitive medieval ancient cultures have always like been shrouded, like in mystery Dude, trees even having, American too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. trees having spirits. Uh huh. I was actually while researching today. There's so many sirens and spirits of like the Rocky Mountains that, according to Native Americans, would swallow men, like lure men into the forest and swallow them up whole, never to be found again. Like that was a <laughs> that was a common folklore amongst like Native Americans in the Rocky Mountains and all those God, uh, those damn. areas. Hmm. Yeah, just getting swallowed. Hey, boy, stop. Not just kidding. Bro, if any of us is likely to get blipped out of a forest, that's going to be me. <laughs> I'm just not going to show up for recording one day. Yeah. We're like old men. You come back same age and shit, same clothes. <laughs> anyway, that's a couple missing 411 stories I wanted to bring up. I thought were cool that I don't remember us telling on this podcast. So yeah. thank you, David. Thank you, Wendigoon. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you, uh, Moonlit Stories. or something. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> That's me tonight. What's up, chat? We got anything? Any theories? Somebody said underground tunnel system within the trees? Potentially. I mean, yeah. There's so much. Um, It's possible, yeah. Big Bird took her, says, says uh, Cyber Juiced. Was the sock crusty? Pack attack? Gross. <laughs> just kidding. In the oh, middle shit. podcast said, just found y'all today. Love your show. Thanks for finding us. Let's go. At the beginning, he said... uh. When we were talking about MJ. Do your wives listen? Yeah, he's like, do any podcast wives listen? <laughs> <laughs> no, otherwise, then the podcast can't be good. Because then you'd be like, oh, shit. I can't say what I wanted to. <laughs> Let's move to Shawnee boy. All right, guys. I'm going to finish this off on this uh, Sunday school episode that we're doing. Recently, somebody sent us some books. <sighs> To our P.O. Box, Sean? To our P.O. Box. And And you've been using it. I've been using it. This is already just well used. I believe this was sent to us from the Nuclear Abbey. I think so. Straight out of Nashville. So I have a story tonight from a listener. And from that story. Corroborated. I looked up some information within the Encyclopedia of Mystical and Paranormal Experience. Guys, we're doing it. Now, I don't know if our listener is in chat. I told her that I was going to tell her story tonight. If you want to dox yourself, you can tell that you're in chat. Otherwise, I'll let you be. 
Anyway, so what do you guys know about mirrors? No f-ing way, dude. <laughs> I, I will show you my notes. On the way to recording, I switched my notes or my story from mirrors are portals to missing 411. <laughs> I'm dead uh, ass, dude. What the f- <laughs> Synchronicities, dude. We're in a similar What I know about mirrors is Samoans cover mirrors at night because they believe that's how ghosts and shit and spirits get into our world and stuff like that. Okay. I know hippie chicks who all cover mirrors because they say mirrors are portals. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else? I know that they changed it from a phone to mirrors in the latest Matrix. Oh, shit. That's portals. True, dude. That means something. T- tell us the meaning. So, if I looked up. you break a mirror, 14 years bad luck. Dude, hella bad luck. I looked up mirrors within this encyclopedia of the mystical. I want to give you a little bit of background on mirrors first. Obviously, as has already been stated, bad luck. Also, it is highly uh, discouraged to have a mirror in your bedroom and more so across from your bed. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a couple of Even different- Even in feng shui state, it, like, it's super specific mm-hmm. in feng shui of where you place your mirrors in yeah. your bed. I have a full bedroom. length in, in my bedroom and I was very particular with what, where I put it. <laughs> I, there's only like two spaces where- Where I, you couldn't like see the bed from the mirror. Yeah. But yeah, in feng shui, it's like an energy thing. Like it can bounce the bad energy off of the mirror back towards your bed, stuff like that. I'm going to read you a couple of the things I found here in the book. Hell yeah. Um, First of all, in the West, magic mirrors were particularly popular from the Middle Ages to the 19th century. They were used by all classes of society, but especially, uh, especially by magicians, witches, sorcerers, and cunning men and women. Mirrors are commonly used for divination in the East. In Russian folklore, mirrors are associated with evil, and they're the invention of the devil. That's just because what they're seeing in them. (laughs) (laughs) They see themselves. This one actually, (laughs) this one I thought was kind of crazy as well. The Zulus believe dark pools of water harbor beasts that will drag them away from their reflections. Spiritual crocodiles. Spiritual crocodiles. Black mirror. (laughs) There's... Another place in the world where seeing your f- reflection indicates that you will soon die. Does that have anything to do with like Native Americans not wanting their picture taken kind of too as well? It's like a, a part of your essence is captured. It I could like. be. Yeah. It could be. Also, the look of the evil eye will shatter a mirror or poison its surface. So... There's a lot that can be covered by mirrors. Portals, energy, predictions of death. Now, to get into my story. This story comes uh, uh, there in chat, by the way. Sick, let's go. Shout out Starro. Yeah. So my story comes from her. And try. I'm going to, I hope I do this justice because this sounds like it was a terrifying experience. So getting into her story. She lives... I'm assuming in Philadelphia at this point in time, she lived on her own with her dog while her boyfriend was away working, something like that. One night, her dog started going wild, barking at the door, and then she said they could hear someone trying to get into the door. 
by like the sound of a key trying to be put in the lock. And she said it was weird because she was on the top floor of this apartment building, I'm assuming. And there were three other security doors you would have to get in and get past in order to get to her door. She looked out the little people and there was no one there. However, it was the next night when things really start to get wild. She fell asleep that night across from the mirror in her bedroom. She start, She said she started to have this dream. And in the middle, she started lucid dreaming because she realized she was in a dream. She was sitting on the floor across from this mirror in her bedroom, staring at herself. And then as she was watching herself, her eyes went black and her face started melting. And she started screaming at herself, get out. And she tried to wake herself up, but she felt like there was something in the room with her. And at this point, it seemed like she was astral projecting because she could see her body now in bed and she was trying to get into her body, but couldn't like something had taken over it. And she said throughout this whole point from when she started hearing herself scream, get out. She repeatedly kept screaming, get out, get out. And then she woke up, but she was now in sleep paralysis and could not move. She said there was this feeling or this voice inside her that kept saying she needed to call her super Christian friend to pray for her. (laughs) Oh, now you you want God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, hey, that couldn't hurt, right? Couldn't hurt. But she tries to reach for her phone and can't. Whatever is in control of her body is not letting go easily. Now, this part is what kind of creeps me out. She felt like at this point she was on a was a puppet on strings. And she felt her arms being dragged from one side of the bed to the other, and then her body being sat up on the edge of the bed, facing the mirror. She's now in this seated position and she's watching herself in the mirror, just kind of twitching, trying to break out of this sleep paralysis. And then her feet are lifted up and she's pulled off of the bed. Still unable to move, trying to break free of the sleep paralysis. She looks over and she sees her dog, Winston. And her dog is now on guard, jumped up and like looking at her. And at this point, once again, she tries, but this time she tries to pray instead of like thinking to get to her phone. She just says she's trying to pray to any force or Jesus, guardian Allah, angel that was just straight out of the mummy just like <laughs> make a deal with god <laughs> oh yeah when benny's like uh, <laughs> and he's like the language of the slaves just any guardian angel that would help yeah that's when he put on the kate bush like, dude yeah this is straight up that, that's what i was singing it's straight up vecna dude it's like, time it for, your time summer, for your suffering <laughs> And as she started to pray, she started to see some sort of blue aura filling the room. And as it filtered down and I'm assuming landed on her, she was able to regain control of her body. 
at that point she tried to oh just does that just mean the, that the orcs are near <laughs> <laughs> at this point she tries to uh go after her dog who had then run whining off into the other room oh damn and Winston, you dickhead. Yeah. He like on, was on guard at first and then was like, nah, I'm GTFOing. I'm out of here. And she has a video of that. There were a security video? cams in Wait. her in her house, not in her room at this time. She says they're now in her room. Did she send the video? But she has the video of her leaving to go into the entryway where there is a camera. And she realized that her dog had been scared shitless and had shit all over the floor. Literally yeah. shitless. She first dealt with all this bullshit with Vecna and then the dog shit. And then it's bitch shit. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, she sent me a picture of the dog Winston and also of this blip of video of her, like going into the entryway of the house and realize, realizing Winston shat all over the floor and just be like, nah, I'm out. Yeah, for real. That can wait. Yeah. Um, and if you want to pull up the video here, yeah, this is essentially the end of her story. She survived, luckily, but just the mixture of all of the strange things going on from mirrors to sleep paralysis, potential astral projection, it's all just incredibly scary. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. We make jokes right now, but I would pull a Winston in. Just GTFO. Shit the oh, I pull just, an Amber Heard in. It's just a, it's <laughs> just, the dog. It's, yeah, it's just the coping, honestly. So this is the entryway camera. It's like right after she's like broken out of the out of this trance, trying to go and find out where Winston is at, and she's basically walked out of her room into this entranceway, and yeah, I can't right now. She says because she just fought the devil and now has to clean up poop. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we'd probably all be thinking the same thing. Yeah, I, like, I would be like, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> nope. I'm also probably not going back into the bedroom. I don't know if she did from that angle here, uh -huh. but I'm not going back into the bedroom with a mirror right now. Hell no. And I'm not breaking the mirror either because I- Don't uh, touch it. That's bad just luck. Cover, just, just cover, cover it. For real. Just cover it. Bro, I let me sh literally, Sean, I'm- I all day have been like mirrors or portals. And I was thinking about sharing a mirror thing because of this TikTok. And I'll just play it into the mic. Give me one second. Yeah, that's worth it. I promise. Uh, no, that's. Oh, she has a picture of her dog. Yep. That's Winston. Winston. Right there. Yeah. Honestly, looks like a good boy. Okay. A pass. It's yeah. a pass for me. But also like. like I, I get it. <laughs> If I was Winston, I'd be like, nah, I'm, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> Smart boy. And I thought it was interesting too, when I was doing a lot of the research on mirrors is she actually brings up that she heard people mention that it's bad luck or not. You're not supposed to have mirrors in your bedroom in she's, I think she's in Mexican culture, mm. but I literally found all over the world yeah. where mirrors are not supposed to be in your room or facing your bed and you cover them in the event of a funeral or whatever it is. So that's super interesting. I'm pretty a big fan of like, you can speak things into existence or you at least give it a better chance. Mm -hmm. So I was hesitant to ever bring this up and I didn't at the time, but while you were telling Jay's journal very quickly after that, I was rearranging furniture in my house and I put a mirror behind my door and I woke up and you know how I see things in my sleep. Uh-huh. I woke up to a white face like right behind my door. 
that, dude. And I remember staring at it for way too long, waiting for it to disappear. Finally, it disappears. And then the next morning, I was like, there's a mirror there. And I immediately moved it to the closet. Yeah, dude. Because I was like, get that out of there. Okay, so let me play this real quick. Because this is what led me down. I almost shared. I looked up things on mirrors and portals. Yeah. Uh, before I came. And this is what. So shout out. This is the Savannah Hunderger Burger. <laughs> The Savannah Underground. And this is going to freak everyone out. Um, every mirror on the face of the earth is haunted. Every one, every single one. The biggest, strongest spirit near a mirror will grab hold of it and keep all other spirits at bay. It will fight for this glance into our world. The portal's the same way. The biggest meanest is going to stand at the guard because it wants the energy of the portal it wants the energy of the area that the portal came from if you remove that one the next biggest thing or a bigger thing with no fight might be on its way and if it's closed it's closed that's great however how closed how secure how tight how you know uh, and comes back to that wonderful phrase i don't know we just don't know and we don't understand it sure and for all the the, cr- the crazy part is that he's using the music from the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, is that really? And in the Sorcerer's Stone, that's the how he mirror. defeats. The Mirror of Arisen! That's how he defeats <laughs> Professor Quirrell. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Damn, bro. That was also the most terrifying part of my childhood is when he unwraps his turban. Dude. It's on the back of his head. <laughs> Real quick, there is a way you can close your mirror. There how is it, that? I don't know. I was going to look it up, but then I switched to Missing 411. Damn. Okay. I, I had an article. Yeah, maybe we'll cover that first thing next time. But there is, there's a, the next thing on the playlist was like, this is how you close your mirrors. Interesting. And protect yourself. So interesting. There is a mm. way. We'll have to find out. Yeah. Maybe but, those are built into like smart mirrors. And I guess you just <laughs> literally turn it yeah. on and off. Yeah. It's like when or I ask for, can I track you? You just say like, no, no. close. Yeah. Only when opening an app. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Open portal. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Sarah, I hope that we did your story justice. Shout out. Thank you for the submission. Yes, Sarah. And Munoz said, I hope uh, Winston gets uh, extra pets for what he went through. (laughs) What, shitting on the floor? (laughs) I'm just kidding. To be fair, we all would have done the same thing. (laughs) Honestly. Um, People have been talking about how mirrors in front of mirrors is not good. That's like a portal within a portal, dude. That seems like a a play on... Like using it, using a play against them, you know, fire against fire. That's true. Yeah, like look back at yourself, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Demon. Get them caught in an endless loop, you know? It's like a Scooby Doo hallway. Yeah, Scooby Doo hallway. Yeah. True. Or you do, 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 do you ever see that movie Constantine? Yes. That movie's dope. Yes. They, they use like a mirror trap, to trap the demons and then shatter it so that it can't get out. Wow. Wow. Maybe it's that's like a what horcrux you and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Cool. That's yes. it for me tonight. Thank you, Sarah. Super fun. Guys, tonight was super fun. We went to Egypt. We learned from Thule. No, what was that fool's name? Thalassamy? Thoth. 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 Thothy. We got all Thothy with our boy. <laughs> uh, we went missing with David, and then we uh, freaking battled a demon with Sarah and Samir's. Yeah. Gang. Fun times. Chat, thanks for being here. Boys, should we wrap it up? <laughs> Yes. Guys, listeners, viewers, if you have stories, please send them in to our IG or our website, the3ampodcast.com. Follow us on social media at the3ampod. Come hang out with us on stream. It's fun. Yeah. Twitch.tv slash the3ampod. Interact with us. Yeah. Yeah. 
Our Discord's fun. People are sending in stories. And let's get to the bottom of some mysteries. I want to like be way more community driven and let's let's like it would be so fun to solve something as a community. That would be sick. So that's our goal. Appreciate you guys. Until next time, bye, lovely, be safe. Trust your gut, watch your back. Be careful out there. Okay, bye. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts.